Spring of Life Fellowship and the vision of changing the world invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Let's listen to our guest. Let's stand and give a warm welcome to a world changer, Pastor Reza Safa. It's all. Uh, listen, let's just raise our hand and thank him. It's all about him. Father, we love you. Come on, everybody talk to him. Everybody raise your voices and bless him. Come on, let's do it so that it's audible. We all can hear you. Hallelujah. Father, we praise you. Hallelujah. We give you all the glory and praise and honor. Only you are worthy of all the praise, Father. Everything we have, it's in you. We move, we live, we have our being in you. And so we give you the glory and praise for this day. Lord, thank you for this wonderful congregation of men and women and, and children that love you, love to follow you. Thank you for Pastor Joaquin that is a man after your heart. Lord, we bless him and his family. Thank you for all the staff of this congregation. Thank you for the city of Miami. Hallelujah. Lord, we bless this city in the name of Lord Jesus. And we bless this land for what you have given us, the freedom that we can preach without being afraid of the persecution. We honor you today. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that will guide us into all truth in Jesus' name. Amen. Before you sit down, turn to your neighbor, hug him, say, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. Uh, it's truly an honor to be here today. I love your pastor and his family. Uh, Dr. Raul and Molina, I tell you, I love these guys. Uh, not many pastors in this country impress me. He does. And not only that, he, uh, he makes me laugh. Nobody makes me laugh like he does. <laughs> I used to think I'm funny till I met him. <laughs> I have to work so hard at it to make people laugh. He just stands here and say whatever he wants to say, and we all laugh. <laughs> Come on, give him a big hand. <laughs> and listen, oh, he always takes me to the best food in the city of Miami. <laughs> so whenever he calls me to come and preach, I say, I'm coming. Because <laughs> I know he will feed me afterwards. Oh. <clears throat> You know, the Lord is so good. I'm so glad to be called. All of us are. We're called out of darkness to his light. I don't think we quite understand what we're doing until we see him. Till the day we see him eye to eye. I think then we will recognize the position that we have in him. That what he has done. Because we are, for the most part, sense-led people. The stuff that can touch our five senses are the type of stuff that we are living by 99% of the time. So we're walking in, 
in the spirit, spiritual world, but sometimes I believe our eyes are hidden from in reality of this spirit world. I think about it often. And, but it's going to come a day when we realize whom we have served. There's going to come a day where every eye, every tongue that has ever opened will be ashamed if they haven't spoken for him. Every human knowledge, philosophers, human, any, anybody who has said anything about anything will be ashamed on that day. Except those of us who love him and serve him and walk by faith. Listen, God has called us to walk by faith. I don't care who you are. You're Spanish, you're American, you're Persian, you're... God knows where you come from. <laughs> it's irrelevant. What's relevant is when you walk by faith, you are recognizing heaven. And when you recognize in heaven, God will make sure the earth will recognize you. The Bible says the blood of Abel. Abel didn't talk much. He must have been a quiet man. But because he walked righteously, his blood is talking. God said his blood is speaking to me from the ground. So when you walk in righteousness of God, everything about you is a dominating force on this earth. Everything about you has the life. They grab Jesus' hem of his garment and they got healed. I prayed for chocolates. I mean chocolates. They say don't eat them. But they ate them and they all got healed. Everything about you makes sense when you walk by faith. Because when you walk by faith, you walk in the realm of God. And God realm is the realm of possibilities. God realm is the realm of life. You walk by somebody. I was in Austria. They took me to this restaurant. And the restaurant was empty. Owned by Persian. I was having a conference there. They said, we're going to feed you Persian. I thought... An empty restaurant is not a good sign. <laughs> there was one guy working there, the owner. He was the waiter. He was the cook. He was everybody. I mean, he did the whole shoe. I said, Lord, we're going to sit here two hours before that food is ready. The guys, they said, the reason we brought him here, we've been witnessing to him, but he's a Muslim. I told them after I ate the food, I liked it. I said, listen, I'm going to pray that God bless your restaurant. That's all I said. I didn't witness to him. I didn't try to give. I, all I said, I'm going to pray that God is going to bless your restaurant. The following day after the conference, they took me back to that same place. So let's go back there. As I'm sitting there, our table is the only one. Me and three other pastors, like four or five of us. A group of Italian tourists came in. They said, is this, what is this? I said, I start speaking Spanish with them. Desa restaurante es una comida de iraní, kebab, muy bueno. 
I got them all excited. About 30 of them walked in. <laughs> the guy didn't know what to do. <laughs> he called his wife. His wife came. They called somebody else in the family. They all came to feed these people. His restaurants start filling up. The following day in our conference, he, his wife, his daughter, and his son-in-law came in. All four of them got saved. Amen. Hallelujah. All I said was, God is going to bless you. That's all it takes. When you walk by faith, don't say I'm from Latin America. Where's that? Who cares where is that? You sound from Iran. Where is it? Iraq? I was at a Bible school. I was reading my Persian Bible. A guy walked by me. He goes, what is this? I said, this is Persian. Oh, he says, you're from Peru. I said, yes. <laughs> you get offended because somebody insults you in your language. Who cares? Who are you? Wherever I go, they call me Razor. They call me Razor. They call me Raisin. My last name is Safa. They call me Sofa. They call me Safe. Raisin Sofa. How would you like that to have a sofa that's made out of raisin? Do I try to correct them? No. That's not about me. That's never been about any of us. It's always been about one man. I heard that Latinos are very emotional. I don't see much emotion here. <laughs> I said it's all about one man. And his name is Jesus. They treat me wrong. Do I defend myself? No. They lie about me all the time. Do I defend myself? Absolutely not. They come to me and say, Basil, this is such and such about you. Who cares? Who am I to care anything about me whatsoever? I used to be so caught up in this charismatic thing. You know, you got to act the play and go to the conferences and do this, do that. No more. I'm, I don't want to be anybody. All I want to do is do this. Walk by faith. The Bible says, I'm not getting to my preaching. This is just a dessert. No, appetizer. <laughs> dessert comes later. The Bible says, I usually don't preach, but preaching is coming on me. The Bible says, Enoch walked with God uh, for 300 years. Now, the Bible says he was 365 years when God snatched him. God came one day and grabbed him. He didn't even ask his wife, is it okay or is it not okay? He just took him and, and Enoch was gone. His wife said, Enoch! Enoch! Enoch was gone. It means for 65 years he didn't walk with God. Now, what kind of walking is with God? Enoch there was no written testament. There was no word from God. There was no revelation of God. Nothing. How, did, how could he walk with God? He couldn't walk physically with God because God was separated from man because of Adam's sin. So how did he walk with God? He walked with God because his father, Enoch, is the seventh generation from, from Seth. Enoch walked according 
I believe Adam was still alive. According to the knowledge of his great-great-great-grandfather Adam about who God is. He heard who God is because Adam walked with God. Adam saw God. Uh, God is look like this. God does this. When he comes in the cool of the day, he acts like this. He, he likes this kind of stuff. He likes to walk like this. So Enoch, after 65 years, he was bored with his life. He decided it's not any longer about me. It's not any longer about my sheep and cattle, but it's about him that I heard from my great-grandfather. So I'm going to walk according to what it pleases him. And he walked with God based on that revelation. Can you imagine if you had a Bible, 66 books of the Bible of who God is? What would Enoch do with that stuff? But he only had a few phrases here and there about God. And he based his life for 300 years. He walked based on those few words he learned from his great-grandfather. Now that's walking. You come out of the church, you go to your work, and they say something about you, you get out of shape. You start eating that ice cream all day long. You feel depressed. Oh, they didn't say hello to me in the church. No, sir. If you were the worst human being that everybody hated you, and if you walked with God, God would... Overpass a billion people just to look at you. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I was walking to, got out of my car, walking toward this Persian store in Irvine, California. We got a lot of Persian stuff there because there are a lot of Iranians there. And this place is beautiful. They've got all Persian Vegetables, all Persian food, and they cook it there. I don't have to go and uh, Persian food. It takes so much time and preparation. It's just a hassle. I just walk in there, pay eight bucks, and buy a, buy a, a dish and eat it for three days, four days. So I, as I'm walking in there, crossing the street, it happened right as I'm crossing the street. I heard this inside of me. Expect from me at all time. Walk with expectancy. We usually use our faith when we're in trouble. Uh, when we lack something, we need money or our job or uh, like these guys are looking for a wife. <laughs> That's a lot of faith getting on your knees. You know? uh, when I got on my knees, I had nothing. I had no money. I had no job. I was short. I, I wasn't... <laughs> I mean, I had everything going against me. And here's this beautiful thing from America. <laughs> Stand up, let him see you. No. She <laughs> and she had everything go. She was a rich missionary in Spain. She knew Spanish. She knew perfect English. She was good looking. She had a good family. I had zilch. I had nothing. <laughs> I had nothing going for me. But I had one thing. At faith. You can be the ugliest guy on this, in this city and grab the prettiest girl in this city if you walk by faith. <laughs> Hallelujah. Imagine God has given us faith. Faith. Say it. 
God has given me faith. And the beauty of this is you don't have to work even for that. The Bible says faith comes. It's nothing that I worked it up. It came. Paul said after faith came. Galatians chapter 3 verse 23. After faith came. So faith is something. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 1 it says. It came through the righteousness of Jesus. We have obtained like precious faith. Meaning the same faith that was in Peter is in you. Because, see, God couldn't ask me to walk by faith without providing what kind of faith that pleases him. It would not be fair. You don't ask kids to carry, hey, can you carry these chairs for me? A two-year-old, they can't do that. So he couldn't have asked me to do something that I'm not able to do. it. So he asked me to do it, but he made the provision. I want you to drive this car, and here's the driver license. Here's how you drive it, and here's the car. And so, God made all provision for you and I so that we could use this in this godless time, in this world that is going crazy. They're they're converting what is light into darkness and what is darkness into light. They're redefining standards that God has established on this earth for centuries. And so, it is, this is the time that you need to shine like stars in heaven. This is the time to walk by faith and not be melted in this sea of godlessness and political correctness and God knows what else. This is the time that we separate ourselves uh, from everything that doesn't agree with God. Even the Christian world that is not matching with what the scripture says. Therefore, it's important to get rid of your stuff. There was a time I was, I was going for that recognition because we find our values in what we do. And how people respond to what we do. If people love us, we feel good about ourselves. If they put our picture on a, on Charisma magazine, we feel good about ourselves. Because we feel like we're accepted, we're loved. The key to almost everything mankind does on this earth is acceptance. That's why people want to be a, a movie star or singers or whatever power, politics, it's all about acceptance. Every one of us, we work on a daily basis to be loved and accepted. And the reason for it is because we're walking by natural means. So if five people reject us, if ten people reject us, then we kind of go down the hill. But if everybody loves us, we feel good about ourselves and we do good. And so that's why love is so important. They can see God. They can hug God. They have to hug you and me. We have to show them how much God loves them. But then if our standard is all messed up, like the world system, the world bases it upon if you're good looking, if you have money, if you're tall, if you're powerful, if you're smart, 
if you if you add value to the company they say then they love you if you do the other way around it's called you're fired we reject you we will not pay you we will not hug you we will not say greet you we will stop you at the door the guard will stop you but that's not how Jesus operates and that's part of walking by faith it's hard it's hard to walk by faith when everybody when you think you got something but nobody else sees it except you and your mom <laughs> mama says I love you honey you the best looking you're the tallest human being on this earth <laughs> mama no <laughs> stop it <laughs> so uh, go over to the book of uh, John chapter 1 please and uh, we're going to read a couple of verses from John chapter 1. Uh, any translation you read, Bible translation would work. <laughs> as long as you understand it. Uh, John chapter 1. And I am reading from <clears throat> New King James. Uh, and then verse 16. It says, And of his fullness we have all received. John 1.16. Of his fullness. So Jesus is full. Of his fullness we have all received. And grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses... But grace and truth, interesting, says truth here, came through Jesus Christ. No one, verse 18, has seen God at any time, no human being. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. Jesus has declared the Father. Uh, several translations says different on that verse. NASB says, Jesus has explained the, the Father. RSV says, Jesus has made him known. RHM says, Jesus has interpreted the Father. You know interpreted? Translation? When you say something in Spanish, the other guy doesn't understand what you're saying. And then somebody knows both languages and translate it, interpret it into other language. The father was unknown. Nobody could see him. And what you don't see, you imagine as you desire. That's why you go to India, God can be, they have 360 million gods in India. Anything that moves, they turn him into a god. I was in a village in India. I traveled a lot to India. And they had cobra. Cobra was one of their gods. Snake. Cobra. They had a temple. Made a cobra god out of copper. And worshipped him. They had a priest there. I interviewed a priest. I got it on film. I said I've got several questions for you. Why do you worship this cobra? He says well this region. They have a lot of cobras in our, in our fields. We worship him that he doesn't bite us. I said has it been successful your worship? He goes, no, 
<laughs> a lot of people get bitten. I said, what do you do when they get bitten? He said, they bring him to this temple. And the high priest, the priest of the temple, has to suck up that poison out of their body. I said, you do that? He said, I haven't done it yet. I said, who does it? He said, the guy before me did it. I said, is he alive? He goes, no, he's dead. <laughs> that's dark in mind. That's a, that's a human that is gone, that Adam's nature in him has turned him into absolute stupid. <laughs> that's what's happening in America today. The left is going stupid. And so, these people God loves. I didn't criticize them when I preach every night. I didn't get up there and talk about their copper God, <laughs> their, their snake God. I talked about Jesus. God loves you. You don't need to worship no snake in order to be free from the curse. Jesus took that curse upon himself on the cross. And he loves you. And he died for you. And he will heal you. One guy got healed. I don't know what he got healed of. There are a lot of healings in these services. He went and brought all of his cattles and parked them on the side of the crusade. I thought it was these, you know, they have these, what do they call them? Carts. They call them an oxen cart. An oxen is going, or two of them going ahead of a cart and then 50 people on the back of it. I thought that's what he was. They said, no, all of these oxen, he's, he got healed last night. He brought all his oxen to get healed also. A simple faith. I prayed for all them oxen. I said, Lord, heal, heal them cows. <laughs> and God healed them. God is so good. He loves your animals too, you know. That's what the world needs. <laughs> Sin has made man stupid. It's like that guy who, who robbed the bank. <laughs> he loved coins. So he said, turn all the, I want to carry all the coin. And so they put all the coin in his car, but he couldn't drive away. Because <laughs> he was too heavy. They arrested him. Sin makes man, human being, stupid. So God was unknown before Jesus. Nobody knew who he was. They were in covenant with God, the nation of Israel alone. But they didn't know who God was. So when Moses brought the law, they thought through knowing the law, they would know the Father. But the law was not to make God known. Oh, 613 laws of Moses. It made certain that God is holy that there is no darkness in him. That God is light and there is no darkness in him. Really the purpose of the law. Go over to the book of Romans chapter 3. <laughs> My phone is running out of gas here. Uh, in verse 20. Does this work? Is this electrical? It, there is. Paul, can you hand that? There's my yeah connection. 
And he says in verse 20, he says, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of what? Sin. By the law is the knowledge of sin. So the five books of Moses, uh, starting from Exodus chapter 20 actually, uh, Genesis is free from the law. Exodus chapter 20, the law began and it continued all the way through the time where Jesus died on the cross. The law was not to make the Father known. I have noticed Christians, when they pray, they pray to God. They say, God. Or they pray to Jesus. They say, Jesus, Jesus, ayudame. They pray to God. God. I hear pastors pray like that. I was in a meeting. They gathered all these politicians. In the, thank you, brother. They, had, uh, they were praying to God. No mention about the name of Jesus. I was here in Southwest Florida. They gathered all the Jews and Christians together. And they did not mention not one word about Jesus. When I got up there and I prayed in the name of Jesus, Christians were offended at me. Now, I understand when Muslims get offended at me, but Christians got offended at me. They said to me, some of these pastors, they said, you shouldn't mention the name of Jesus. I said, what? They said, uh, we have Jews here. <laughs> That's what Christianity has come to. It's like when I got saved, these professional missionaries you know professional missionaries? They told me, don't say Jesus is the son of God to Muslims when you preach to them. I said, what should I tell them? <laughs> Jesus is not the son of God. Well, who was he? Are you kidding me? If you do not say Jesus is the son of God, you're not preaching the gospel. And you should not be a missionary. You should be selling shoes or clothes or something that you're good at. You are not good at preaching the gospel. Don't say Jesus is son of God. That's the whole Bible is all about. He who acknowledges the son acknowledges the father. I'm saying this, if you pray any prayer to God and do not use the name of Jesus, God will not hear you. That's why all of Paul's prayer, Father, in the name of Jesus. And thanksgiving the same way, Father, in the name of Jesus. Because God only operates through Jesus. God does not operate through anybody else. I don't care who you are, and I don't care what kind of organization you have, God does not care about who you are. He cares about one man. There is one mediator, Bible says, between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Nobody, nobody comes to the Father. Where does it say that? Nobody comes to the Father. That's why he said, I am the way. He said, I am the door. 
you imagine Jesus being the door? No other prophets have said this. No other religious leaders like Muhammad saying, I am the wall. Jesus, I'm the door. What does that mean? It's the only, the door is the connecting instrument between two areas. There is no other way for me to touch the Father except through Jesus. That's why the Bible says the truth came through him. Not through Moses, not through the law, but through Jesus. Jesus is the only one who has opened a way, opened an access. I just taught on this in our church. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 18. That Jesus has made, he is the access to the Father. We don't have that word in Farsi, access, the word access. We say, in Farsi, we say, my hands reaches to. How do you say that in Spanish? Access. Acceso. <laughs> you're way ahead of us. Although we existed before you, but you're way ahead. Acceso. What does access mean? What does accesso mean? Huh? What does it mean? Huh? When I say you have access to my computer, what am I saying to you? You have permission to do what? To look at it? To operate it? You have access to grab it. You have access to grab it. You have access to handle it. You have access to touch it. You have access to come near it. You have access to use it and get benefit from it. Jesus, God, nobody had access to. Jesus did such a work that I can come and grab God. That I can come touch God. That I can say, God, the Father, in the name of Lord Jesus, I ask and you shall be given. That I can come before the throne of his grace in the time of need. I have access to the Father. I know the Father through Jesus. He was unknown. Abraham didn't know him. Moses didn't know Father. All of those great patriarchs did not know God. When God says, I will do it, Sarah started laughing. <laughs> they didn't know God. Abraham didn't trust him. I know he walked by faith, but sometimes he didn't trust him. He lied. He says, this is my sister. Didn't trust God. They didn't know him. The disciples didn't know Jesus. They didn't know Father. But when the revelation, when our spirit man got born again, when the life of God started coming in us, then we started knowing who the Father is through his spirit and the word. Jesus made that access possible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Think about it. This is hidden from the eyes of the world. All these goofballs called philosophers on the planet earth know nothing about God. I sat on a plane one time. You know, I'm executive platinum with American Airlines, so they upgrade me to the first class whenever I fly. Buy economy ticket, and they say, you're such a good-looking guy. <laughs> Please sit up front. And I don't mind that. I sat at a Harvard University professor sat next to me. 
He said, what do you do? I said, I'm a pastor. He started laughing at me. He thought, he said, why are you writing first class? I thought to say, just, I want to make you jealous. <laughs> but I didn't say, I took the lower class, lower seat mindset before him. I said, they upgrade me. Oh, he says, you're an upgrader guy. I said, yes, sir. I'm an upgrader guy. And he started despising me. He had such a hatred in his heart against Christianity. He proved it to me. He says, where are you from? I said, originally from Tehran, Iran. He took his paper and his pen and he started writing the latitude and latitude, longitude of Tehran. Just calculating in his mind. He was showing off. I said to him, it's such an honor to meet you. <laughs> Listen, if people think about themselves highly, help them out. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> he has worked hard to get here. I got up there free. <laughs> he worked very hard. He studied 20 years to be able to do that latitude, longitude. So help him out. Don't knock him out. <laughs> I started telling him about God. It was like I was talking to a five-year-old kid. If God came and sat next to us, or if God was one of the uh, uh, flight attendants, he wouldn't recognize it's God. That so far man is away from God. But Jesus made him known to this little guy who was upgraded. <laughs> this little upgrader guy who is not any value in the eyes of the world. You should stop me at every border I traveled to because I was from Iran. One time they stopped me. I was in Finland. They stopped me. They took my passport and they walked away. Everybody got on a plane except me. One time I was in Israel. Everybody got on the plane. They, they took me to a special room <laughs> because I was born in Iran. One time I sat on the, at the airport. I said, Lord, I'm really depressed. He said, what's your problem? I said, they treat me like a terrorist. He said, you are a terrorist. <laughs> I said, you're not helping this situation any right now. <laughs> I really feel down. Everybody's on the plane. They may not let me on because I'm born in Iran. He said, what is your problem? I'm asking you that. What is your problem? What is your problem this morning? My husband doesn't love me. What is... What is your problem today? You know the Father. The Father. Bible says that which was hidden from the eyes of the world. That which nobody had seen. Nobody has heard or entered anybody, any philosophers and highly educated people's mind. God has revealed to us. Think about, think about the position you have with the Father today. 
He revealed it to you. Who are we? Nobody. But he chose us. And there's going to come a day where we have to upgrade the rest of the world. I promise you that. There's going to come a day where I'm going to rule in America. And you be careful when you come to visit me. Don't you treat me wrong right now because I'll keep a record of it. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Bible says we shall reign and rule with him. Dominate this earth with him one day. But Hallelujah. They said to me, we're offended at you. You offended these Jews. I thought to myself, salvation only comes whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if you do not mention the name of Jesus in a gathering of Jews and Christians, you are saying to these Jews, go to hell. Because we will not tell you that Jesus is the only Messiah, the only way of salvation. If you do not tell Muslims that they, Jesus is the son of God, you're telling them, go to hell. You're cursing them literally because you're not allowing them to know the Savior. I heard about a missionary, American missionary, who went to Bangladesh. He couldn't win any Muslim. And so he dressed himself like a Muslim, went to the mosque and started praying. But he says, when I pray, when I go up and down, I pray to Jesus. So he said to all of his converts, he had about 30 converts. He said, all of you guys, do this. Don't separate from your culture. This is Jesus in culture. I said, what? Jesus in culture. I.e., keep your bondage. Translate Jesus into your culture. Translate Jesus into Muhammad's setting. A brother I met in Israel one time. He's from uh, West Bank. He's from the city of our Lord, Bethlehem. He told me, Pastor Razor, come and have a healing crusade in our city. I said, uh, I said Bethlehem is uh, West Bank, all Hamas people. Uh, you're going to be in trouble if I come to your city. Oh, no, we've been praying for revival for many years. Me and my mother-in-law and my wife, three of them. <laughs> you imagine when you pray with your mother-in-law for revival? What kind of revival are you going to get? <laughs> I said, I'll come. Listen, I'm an evangelist. I'm going to blow in. I'm going to blow up. And I'm going to blow out. But you're going to pay the price. Oh, he said, please come. I said, okay, this is what we do. Put an ad in papers. Say all the blind, crippled, deaf, blind, maimed, all the people that are troubled physically come to this service and see the power of God. I said, do not say anything about Christians. Because if you do, they're going to associate me with those Christians in that city that are demon-possessed. Don't you... Associate me with those people. I've been to their churches. I went to one of their churches. I, the smell of that church made me so sick in my stomach. I feel like I'm going to die. That place was full of demons. I walked out of there. <sighs> there are two places in the city of Jerusalem they believe Jesus was resurrected. One place I walked in there, I saw demon everywhere. I come out of there. I went to another place they called Garden Tomb. My cameraman said, if I was Jesus, I would raise from this spot. <laughs> I said, you got it. <laughs> they really don't know where it is, but 
This sounds better. It's garden. It's beautiful. It's free. Uh, so I said, this is what you do. I put an ad. My pastor from Sweden said, I'll go with you. It was me, him, Adib, my translator, his mother-in-law, and his wife. With ads, we rented a huge hotel, the, the ballroom of a hotel. We invited people to come. Uh, the day I got to the city of Bethlehem, now remember, this is Jesus' city. This is where he was born. This is his hometown. They said to me, uh, the churches here in town are upset at you. I said, why? They said, because you said, come and get healed. What happens if nobody gets healed? I said, what? I said, have I come all the way from America and I've done all these prayers and spent all this money so that nobody gets healed? The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. I said, what do I have to lose? You know, I started with zero. These are all Muslims. Nobody got healed, so nobody's going to convert, and they stay Muslim. So what did I lose? Except your reputation. If your reputation at stake, don't come there, I said. So none of them showed up. So I had this place, about 800 Muslims, most of them radical, packing this place. The day of the crusade, when I started praying, I knew I'm going to be in trouble. My pastor came to me. He's a man of God. He said, Razor, let's pray together. He's a man of prayer. He's often prays. He fasts 30 days, 40 days, 50 days. He's always fasting, always praying. I said, no, bro, you go to your room. I'm going to pray. I got to know what God is saying. So I'm praying in my room. Ah, and I hear him next door. To that. He goes, ah. He was so excited. He's, he's from Sweden. You know, Swedish people get really excited. They get scared real fast. The people get scared real fast. They get excited fast too. You know, Muslims, they, you say Muslim, they all, they, you know, they become sober. <laughs> and so about 5 o'clock, somebody knocked on my door. It was Adib. I opened the door and his, his color, his olive color was changing. I go, what's the problem? He said, the first few rows are all Hamas people. I go, it's okay. It's going to be okay. Calm down. I said, there's no problem. At 6 o'clock, I walked down there. I went to the hall. Pastor, everybody was smoking, and they were speaking out loud in Arabic. And they were smoking. And I've never seen an explosive service like this. It was an amazing. What kind of service? It was a smoke. Smoke was all over the place. I walk in there, there was no music, there was no guy, there was no inter nice introduction like your pastor introduced, nothing. It was me and the platform was only one step, so it wasn't like I get up high and scare him. So I got on this little platform and my pastor came, sat where you are, doctor, and I opened the Bible, I said, this is what we're going to do. And Adi was translating for me, he, was, he became very serious all of a sudden. I said, we're going to preach about a man who was born outside of this city in the shepherd's field. And then I'm going to pray and Jesus, oh, I started on Jesus. He's going to heal you if you believe him today. Today is the day of salvation for whosoever believes. I said, I got I said, I to set this platform right. These are all crazy people. I got to show them what crazy is. <laughs> Five minutes into my preaching. I should have listened to that missionary guy. 
I said, Jesus is the son of the living God. When I said that, a man on the second row on the left side stood up. He goes, Allah Akbar. I mean, he said it louder than I could say like him, but I'm going to scare you if I do it. He screamed so loud, all of a sudden, 50 of them stood up. My pastor, leader of the Swedish charismatic faith church movement, sat where you are. He got up, and he went all the way to the end <laughs> and sat next to the exit. He was shaking. <laughs> Here goes the man of God. Adib, this guy is Palestinian. He's, he's grown up in the city. His knees started clapping hands. I go, Adib, there's no music going on. Calm down. <laughs> I go, Lord, I'm going to see you this afternoon. <laughs> I'm telling you, the meeting, you had to be there to understand what I'm doing. It became so serious. I'm, I'm on their turf. They can kill me on the spot. There was no guard, nobody carrying any sort of gun. There was no protection, nothing. But I had one person with me. Oh, oh how much we love him. Listen, that's all you need. That's all you need. That's all you need. It's just one person. That's all you need. And to connect with that one person, you need just one thing, faith. I said to him, Lord, if you don't heal nobody here, they're going to eat me for supper. <laughs> All of a sudden, I heard a woman in the back. She goes, start screaming on top of her voice in Arabic. I said, <laughs> I said, I said to Adi, I said, what is she saying? He said, she's yelling at these guys. She says, my daughter is extremely sick and there's no remedy for her. I brought her here to get healed. So if you guys don't want to hear it, get out. I, my heart got strengthened. I said, listen, listen to that woman. I said, no. <laughs> Thank God for women. Thank God for women. Thank God for women. Hallelujah. When men are godless... Women are Godful. Actually, uh, the founder of uh, Salvation Army, what's his name? William Booth. He says, some of God's greatest men are women. Shouldn't be that way, but sometimes that's the case. We got one here. <laughs> Listen, these guys have started cursing me in Arabic and leaving. And I preached Jesus. At the end, I said, Lord, I didn't want to touch anybody, so they said... Because they kept saying there's a healer from America. It's not about us. It's not about our gifts. Nothing about us. I said, Lord, do your, do your thing now. <laughs> you got to do your thing now. I believe you, you do the rest. I said, Lord, thank you. And all of a sudden I heard a man in the back crying out. He said, I see, I see. I said, Addy, what does he say? He said, he says he sees. I said, what does he see? Does he see Jesus, an angel? What does he see? I said, come on up. He was blind completely in one eye. One of the elder of the city. And Jesus opened his eye. When he started talking, everybody in that hall ran up front like cattle. They all want to get prayed for. The second day, that city was cooking. 
because the TVs were there to show what was happening. The chief of police came to me, took me from the uh, hotel with my pastor. We went into uh, the station. They said, Hamas has been calling all day, and they said they will kill you tonight. And I don't have enough men to protect you from these guys. And it was a time where there was peace treaty going between U.S. and Israel and Palestine. He says, you got to get out. So I had to run. I ran from that city. Took, they, they put me in a car. We took off. Went to a city called Ramallah. And I preached in a little church there. Ramallah is the headquarter for Hamas. <laughs> what am I telling you? It doesn't matter what you face today. You have, this is the thing that overcomes the world, even our faith. God has given you something of his stuff, of his own faith, that makes you overcome it. Father, in Jesus' precious name, Lord, we thank you uh, and give you all the glory. If there's anyone here who hasn't made a commitment to Jesus, you may have grown up as a Christian all your life, in a Christian family, Catholic or Orthodox or whatever, but have not known him personally in your heart, haven't invited him to become the Lord of your life, you could do that right now. If that is you, just pray this simple prayer. Lord, Let's everybody pray that prayer. Lord, I love you. Thank you for dying for me on the cross and going to Hades for me and being raised on the third day. Today I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I invite you to come into my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I give you my life in Jesus' name. Everybody put your hand on your heart. Father, I pray today. You don't need to pray. Let me pray for you. Lord, that you strengthen every heart today. Their physical and their spiritual heart. Strengthen them by the power of your Holy Spirit. That they may know who they are in you. That they may know this amazing treasure that you have granted them, that is in them. Lord, we thank you for your calling upon us. That you have called us out of darkness into your light. And made us to become joint heir with Jesus Christ. Walking with you every day of our lives. Walking by faith, pleasing you. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. So we give you all the glory and all the praise and all the honor. In Jesus' wonderful and holy and precious name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Years ago, I would be challenged by leaders 
in our church here and they would keep on asking me why do you bring men in so often and I want to tell you that that these men that God sends our way are a gift to us Their, their family's a gift, uh, Reza's wife, Marilyn, uh, his son, Jonathan. Uh, this family are, are true champions for Christ upon the earth. Um, it's for us an honor. Uh, people say, well, Pastor, why do you take them to good restaurants? I want them to come back. I want them to keep on coming. Absolutely. And so we have been in contact throughout um, these years that Reza hasn't been able to come. For those of you that don't know, um, in the past years, uh, Trinity Broadcasting Network, the, the TBN channel, um, has given him a, a, a satellite over the Middle East called Najat TV. Uh, you saw he didn't talk about that today. Um, but, but he's reaching his people by the hundreds of thousands. Um, he says that the most powerful way that they come to Jesus is through miracles. So through television, he's able to beam this, this image um, from Los Angeles, from the, the California, and, and right into the Middle East, into every living room. And, and you didn't talk about this, but I want you to. I want you to introduce Najat TV to this man. Um, the, he doesn't ask for money, but if you have sums of large money, this is where you want to put it. Uh, I guarantee you that, that it will not return void. Um, the Lord sees your heart sending out to this lost people. Real briefly, Reza, could you please come here and, and tell us um, the vision of Najat TV? Uh, it's 24-hour programming. Come on, in the Farsi language, which is the language of these people, and um, uh, the Lord is just just when we're talking about changing the world, we're, this is not we're not making games. This is serious over the nations of the world, uh, and that's why I say that His life um, has a a bounty on His life with respect to people wanting to shut His mouth and shut His ministry down. Uh, but these are the men that we want to fellowship. We want to learn. We want to imitate and, and that the spirit of this man and the men that come in here that are changing the world come upon us and that you not be a bump in a log sitting on the side of the road saying nobody said hi to me at church. That's not, that's not our DNA. Thank you, Pastor. Uh, simply, it's, uh, we started 2003 by just uh, buying on a secular satellite broadcasting into Iran in Farsi language. And we had so many people converting that we, we, and the Lord had shown me that we're going to have a full time. And in 2006, TBN found out about what's happening in Iran. They partnered with us. And uh, October of that year, Najat TV became full time, 24-7, broadcasting Christian programming into Iran, Afghanistan, the Middle East. And I'm telling you, so many people have come to Christ. Uh, Iran, according to Operation World, has the fastest number of evangelicals in the world at 19.7%. Uh, it's surpassed even China. 
so we estimate many millions have come to the Lord. And if this rate of conversion continues, I believe within the next 10 years, Iran will become the first Islamic nation that we have taken it from Islam and become a convert to Christianity. And now, uh, thank God for TBN, we have now four other satellites uh, broadcasting into Arabic, Urdu, and uh, also Turkish, reaching nearly potential audience of 800 million Muslims in the Middle East and Europe. So it's phenomenal what God is doing through these satellites. And Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. A lot of people are very nationalist, they're very tribal, they're very cultural. Some people think only Cubans are going to heaven. <laughs> you know, if I go to a good Cuban church and the Holy Spirit's there, we go to heaven and the Puerto Ricans go to hell and so do the Venezuelans and God forbid any Haitians come into heaven. But, but my Bible reads in Revelation 7, 9 that before the throne of God, this, this will fix your theology a little bit. After these things, I looked, and behold, a great multitude, great many peoples, which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne, before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands. Uh, could, could you get a picture of everyone included, washed by the blood of the Lamb, and, and get rid of your um, discriminatory, uh, discerning spirit that you're, you're keeping people out of the kingdom? We were in Nazareth. There was a Muslim right outside the, the temple. And the temple guard was like, you sell souvenirs, but you can't come in. And he says, you want to buy souvenirs? I said, no, the, the Lord is knocking on the door of your heart. You want to ask Jesus in? He says, I'm Muslim. I said, it doesn't matter. He's going he's gonna to open the door for you in the name of Jesus. And he received Christ. And the temple guard freaked out. As, and we started dancing and rejoicing that this man repented in Nazareth who didn't think he was qualified because Christians had told them that Muslims can't get saved. Well, always remember Reza Safa, the power of God in a man with the gospel of Jesus Christ, turning the world upside down, changing the world, and that you're a part of this. Uh, we, we, we love this man. We honor him. We celebrate him. Um, and, and, and a lot of people have issues with why the man. Listen, God is doing something through men. He's doing the, something through people upon the earth. Those of you that have this theology, no, God is in heaven and he doesn't use men. You got to fix that too because God wants to use you to change the world. Let's stand this morning. Father, we give you thanks for Pastor Reza Safa, Marilyn, his wife, his children, Father. We give you thanks for Paladado, Yvette Ladado. Thank you for their visitation, Lord, that we might meditate upon these words, that we might receive and welcome uh, the spirit of God through his ministry through his proclamation and declaration, that we have access to the Father through the Son. Let us never grow ashamed of the name of Jesus because there's only one name given to men through which they might be saved. Only one mediator between God and men, Christ Jesus, the man. Father, we pray that we would be uh, uplifted in our spirit, that we would uh, gather our talents and our treasures and that we would be able to be an encouragement to Reza Safa and his ministry in Najat TV, Lord, that he continues to win souls for the kingdom of God. For your word says that wise men are able to win souls. 
We pray that you prosper him, that you give him influence. Even now, as there's a new administration in the United States, Lord, I pray that you open the doors to the White House so that Reza Safa has influence, Father God, to speak to this administration concerning uh, radical Islam and the affairs upon the land. Uh, the, your grace is upon, Father. We pray that, they, that the United States will return to being an instrument in the hand of God to win nations to Jesus Christ, that we not be ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation, and that our sons might raise up after heroes and footsteps and legacies like Reza Safa, Lord. We give you thanks for his ministry. Thanks for his word, Lord. We pray that you would give him powerful influence in the land and prosper him and that we might help him in his prosperity. In Jesus' name we pray and the house of God says amen, amen, and amen. Pastor Reza Safa has brought books out to the table here. You want to get any one of his books. They're powerful. They're full of, of goodness and, and insight. Uh, concerning the kingdom of God. Greet one another in the love of the Lord. God bless you.